Hello and welcome to Chance Time. Chance Time. I am Ryan Speakman, one of the hosts of this generic video game podcast. The same as all the rest. And with us, we have, for the first time in what feels like an eon, Curtis Lowe. Yeah, Curtis! Woo! Oh no, is he gone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and, the emotional roller coaster. I know. And of course, with us, we funny. have Paul Bills as well. <laughs> Hello, I'm here every week. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Yeah, Curtis! Yeah, Curtis! <laughs> How are you guys doing? Great, I'm assuming. I'm warm. Yeah. I, so, just it, so everyone knows what's happening at my house right now, <laughs> this is fun. I feel like a true podcaster, because I am currently under a blanket. I essentially built a blanket fort for this. <laughs> It's still a little echoey. I can still hear it a little bit. Well, bad, is it too hard to take it off so people can get a taste of uh, the oh, cathedral yes, that you're just in? Lift it up real quick. This is what it sounds like without the blanket. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so much worse. <laughs> so <laughs> great. Like the cathedral. We need like a Gregorian chant, like "Oh, <laughs> the, the guy from Dune." Oy, 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 oy. <laughs> Uh, there. I'm or gonna put the blanket back on. You sound like the soundtrack to God of War. <laughs> there you go. Just lots of great references. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. We're in the middle of finishing our basement. All the walls are up. Most of them are painted. But essentially, it's just bare walls and a cement floor. So it's it's a big room. So it's just super echoey right now. Well, that's why I have not been here for the past like three weeks now. Yeah, you've been trapped in the echoes for a long time, and someone finally released you. I've been lost in the echoes, as Lincoln Park once said. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows that Lincoln Park song. I don't, but it's it was right. still funny to me. <laughs> all right, well, it's good to have you back, Curtis. And it's. Yeah. Good to have you back for a special event called Mike Struckerberg's One Thing. One Thing. Woo! All right. <laughs> I'm going to go first, if that's okay. Well, I do need to clarify something real quick. Oh, though. please do. Yes. I'm sorry. So, Jade, my wife, did make it big on Bunko. We already paid off her house. <laughs> no. Nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she got a $5 gift card to a soda shop. Nice. <laughs> that's she went. Just as good. Just as good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did we did we talk well, about on on the episode or was it not on the episode where oh, it we was t- on the episode? I listened to it and then I was like, "Oh crap, Jade's gonna feel bad if she ever finds out about this because it wasn't her fault that I couldn't make it <laughs> last week." Did uh, I was in the middle of painting? I had a wet paintbrush in one hand with paint covered fingers, so I was trying to like text with my left hand and my left hand had been cramping from painting <laughs> so all i could really type out comfortably was jade's still at bunko <laughs> not sure if i'll make it and i didn't say anything about the fact that i was painting until like midnight 
So that's hilarious. It's not her fault. Did we mention though that we want to have her on for a Bunko episode where she explains <laughs> Bunko to us? Ah, uh, you might have. I don't remember. We can have my this is her Bunko first, culture. That was her first Bunko night. So okay, we can have my yeah, mom on to too. A good time. Who is familiar with Bunko? There you go. A Bunko Bonanza. Yeah. And then that'll start our spinoff, our first spinoff podcast, <laughs> all about Bunko. The Bunko Can't Boys. About Bunko. <laughs> Bonkers about Bunko. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> anyway, just had to clear that up. I I appreciate that. All right. Once again, I'm going to save my thoughts on Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. For a different week. And I'm going to start with a little story. Imagine yourself. In the year 2001. Uh, but also imagine me. A young fresh faced 12 year old. The GameCube is about to release. And it's all I want for Christmas. There are three exclusive games being released with the GameCube. Luigi's Mansion. Super Monkey Ball and Wave Race Blue Storm. My mom waits in line with her friend to get this GameCube for me and lies to me and says that she couldn't get it. Jump to Christmas Day and I do get it. Wow. And I can't remember if this was my number one choice for a game or if I wanted Luigi's Mansion and I said if they don't have that, get this one. But the game I did get was Super Monkey Ball. Later in life, I did get Super Monkey Ball 2. And both games throughout my uh, pre-teen and early teen years did have a big impact on me. It was a game I played a lot. Whether it was me being at my friend Scott Watanabe's house and we blasted Weird Al's song Gump at full blast because I happened to beat a difficult level while it was playing, so we deemed it the lucky song that helped me beat levels. <laughs> or Beautiful. the fact that at different times, my brother and sister got sick, but they both chose while they were sick to play a lot of the minigame Monkey Target, which to this day is one of the few video games they're excited to play with me. <laughs> <laughs> is one minigame in Super Monkey Ball. Now, 20 years later, let's come to present day with the release of Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, a game that I have on the Nintendo Switch now. It's a remake of the first two games, as well as some games they are some levels they put in a deluxe version of both games later on. Uh, Curtis, have you played this before? Any of the Monkey Ball games? I played one of them on the GameCube forever ago. Okay. Paul, have you played any? In a really long time. I have never played any game in the series. Okay. So the, the basic goal is you are a monkey in a ball, and you tilt the stage and try to roll the monkey through the ticker tape goal. Um, and I just have a few thoughts on this iteration of monkey ball i've been playing through the story mode and the story mode is based off super monkey ball 2 
um, they used to have full like CGI cutscenes, but they replaced it for kind of like a comic book sort of cutscene thing where it kind of speeds through the story. And they do not make any sense at all. I do not remember the story and I do not understand what's going on when I watch these. Also, this is a very frustrating game. Some of these levels make me want to pull my hair out. I've heard it's really hard. Yeah. There are too many achievements in this game. Some of the, each level has like an achievement tied to it, which includes getting all the bananas. That might may or may not be true, but I've done it on a few levels and gotten an achievement for it. And some of the levels it's impossible to get all the bananas. Um they're taking the everyone is here approach. So they have added a lot of Sega characters in this game. So not only can you be the uh, titular monkeys, such as I, I, Mimi, Baby, and Gon Gon, but you can also be Sonic. You can be a guy from Yakuza. You can be um, the guy from Jet Set Radio. Um, and it also includes seven DLCs which each cost $5, and all they are are cosmetics. Doesn't seem worth it. One of the DLCs mm. is just Sega consoles that you could put in the ball as your character. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, the game that I mentioned before, Monkey Target, which is a game where you roll off of a ramp and then you open up your ball and it kind of gives you wings. And then you fly over these targets and drop them on the target and try to get the high score. They have ruined this game. The game that I was excited to play with my family is very poorly done. There used to be like a huge sense of speed you got as you were rolling down the hill. And they kind of took that away. And I have played it a few times. And I have not made it to a single target once. I have drowned every time in the water. And I do not I do not know how it works, if it works differently in this version. But like that if you fail, you just drown. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty gruesome because you can also choose to close the ball while you're in the water. So not only are you drowning, but you can like encase them in water as well. Oh my gosh. Um there are a lot of other mini games that I did play a lot. Um, I haven't played all of them yet. Some of them are slightly off. The ones I've played, like the bowling, the uh, the spinning is pretty sensitive compared to the original. Um, but there's some some good ones, and I'm excited to try them out. But all of this being said, I am having a great time with this game. <laughs> and it is so much fun to me while it's frustrating it does kind of have that short addicting level design where you die and you're like okay i could do this and then you give it a few more tries and you get closer and closer until it finally clicks um they have a mode that you can unlock that I'm excited to try where you can play like a select few of the stages with the original GameCube graphics. Uh, they have a bunch of extra modes and characters you can unlock. 
I am having a lot of moments where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this stage. And it's like giving me good nostalgic vibes. And like the stages in this are like really creative to me. Where like when you hear the name Super Monkey Ball, you do not expect a lot out of this game. <laughs> like it's a very simple, even like back in 2001, it wasn't cool to say you were playing Super Monkey Ball. But the stages are like super creative. There's one where like the goals are going up and down a half pipe like skateboards and you have to like press pause at the right time so you can enter the goal and then there's like other ones that kind of have like portals that you go through and they like add like a ton of like different mechanics where it's it gets pretty complicated and pretty difficult but in a fun way um but yeah it definitely could have been a lot better and they really need to fix monkey target but I'm having a great time with it. That's all. I have heard people praise this monkey ball more than I think any before, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. I never but like, I think they did a didn't they do a remaster of another monkey ball game before this one? Yeah, Banana Blitz. It was like this isn't even the good oh, monkey ball game. I forget which one it is. I forget which one I bought and which one, because they both have banana in the title. One's Banana Mania and one's Banana Blitz. I might have said the wrong one at the beginning. <laughs> okay, so yes. Banana Mania is this remake, which is the remake of 1 and 2, and the one that came out before is Banana Blitz, which is, uh, I think it was a Wii game that they remade that no one really liked that much. And I think it introduced like a jump mechanic that people were ambivalent on or really didn't like one of the two. <laughs> because it does kind of seem weird to have like jumping when it is kind of like an old school arcade game that you just roll a ball around. Uh, but it must do well enough. Like enough people must love it. Yeah, and that's like, the thing. I I love it. Like I I was excited yeah. for this to come out, and then I wasn't, and then I am again now that I'm playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Paul. What do you got for us today? Uh, what to choose? Um, okay, I'm gonna go a little bit, a little bit different with my one thing. Okay. It is not, it's not technically a video game, Boo. but it is very video game inspired. Uh, I have started a what I anticipate to be a lifelong project. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited to hear this. (laughs) So I've made references before that another thing I do that's not video games is birds. 
Um, I like birds. They look cool. I take pictures of them. I see them and I'm like, that's a cool bird. I want to look for more birds. That's really it. That's the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but I've recently decided that, you know, birds are great. I want to make sure I see the best birds in my life. So there's a website called birdsoftheworld.org that is pretty new. Like it just was like fully launched in 2020. And it is a comprehensive encyclopedia of all 10,824 bird species recognized by science. And I have purchased a subscription to this website and I plan to review every single bird species known to man, literally. <laughs> and I, oh and I am making a list of the ones I want to see. And I am, uh, rating how much I want to see them on a one to five scale. And I'm marking down where I can see them in the world. And, I anticipate it will take me close to a year to review the entire list. Uh, but Just then, one year? That seems like a, an even larger undertaking than that. Well, just reviewing the list. Birds. <laughs> just clicking through the list. I think I could do it in one year. It's like 30 birds a day, which is really easy to do. Okay. Um, oh, so you're fact, reviewing them by just kind of like reading about them? Yeah, yeah. So okay, I thought you were like up. writing a review about each no, no, no. bird. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> no, I'm just going through, making sure I look at a picture of every bird on the planet. Okay, and marking down the ones that I want to really see in person. Got it. So I'm building this list, and then, um. You know, I'll take so I'm rating how much I want to see them. So when I'm all done, then I'll sort it by how much I want to see them. And then the idea is before I die, I have to see at least 10% of the world's birds. All right. And I, and I want it to be the, the top 10%, you know, the 10% that I want to see the most. I imagine it won't exactly work out that way because that's a lot of traveling to see them all. So I'll probably, I'm very confident, but by the time I die, I will see 1000 uh, plus species of birds that, that doesn't seem that hard actually, if you have like your whole life to do it. Yeah. But how many will I see on the list is the question. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know like this. I, I've been thinking about this idea for over a year i almost did it last year and for some reason i like didn't buy the subscription and then i stopped thinking about it for a while but it came back to my head this year and i was like we're doing it um and it feels i wonder like is this me like gamifying birds you know i want to make like an achievement out of it um i want to know like i'm you know i want my stats and stuff um, a lot of people like their stats on birds, though. Like, birding is already a very gamified hobby in a lot of ways. Everyone, like, a lot of hardcore birders know their their number, you know, how many they've seen, um, their life list number. And 
so yeah, this is like I said, this is like a lifelong project. Um, it will involve a lot of international travel, which is something that my wife wants to do. So it's kind of a, a, a two birds, ironically, with one stone thing. Nice. And you will be throwing a stone at two birds in every country you visit. Yeah, correct. At least. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is essentially Pokemon Snap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Rocks <laughs> to get him to come out so you can take a picture. <laughs> throw apples. Apples throw, at him. Throw peanuts. Whatever it takes. So I, I do have two questions for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um. We have you heard of app sheets? I'm sure you have. Uh, I like I think so. I've never worked with it. Okay, it's supposed to be like an easier way to convert Google Sheets into an app, and like uh-huh. a lot of the logic is in there. Would you consider doing something like that, like building like a a personal app to? Uh, like so I I started using something that sounds kind of similar called QuickBase. Okay. Um, that I, I already have a whole dashboard set up with like semicircles that fill up based on, you know, I need to have at least a thousand on the list. So one of the semicircles is how many birds have I actually put on my own personal oh, okay. bucket list? And then there's another one that's how many have I actually seen? So, so far, I have actually seen 165 species of birds that I've actually like recorded. Um, so I tried to do fancy stuff with it, like, because there's a lot of just like data capture right now where I'm just like, put in the link, put in the name, put in the continent and countries where the bird is found. It would be cool if I could just like put in the link and it automatically goes and finds the continent and countries. Yeah. But I can't find like a clean way to do that Mm -hmm. because the pages they show maps that show what countries they're found in, but there's not just like a list, like a typed out list on the page of this bird can be seen in these countries. Got it. Um, so I kind of have to do that manually no matter what. Um, but yeah, like the tracking is cool. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so I started on a Google sheet and then I switched over to QuickBase to try just to see what I could do mostly. Um, Sweet. And uh, I have a friend who works at QuickBase, um, so that's why I chose that one. But Makes there's sense. a lot of services like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. turn a spreadsheet into an app. Um, um. So my second question is: Have you seen the movie The Big Year yet? I I have not. I still have I not. I think I have asked you this before. It. I don't remember yeah. if it was on the podcast, but yeah. I don't remember if it was either. You got to see it. It's, yeah, I gotta watch it. You probably won't like it as much as I did, because you might know more about it. And <laughs> part of it is like all these people who are dedicated about bird watching and how awkward they are with each other. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's inspiring for me. Steve Martin, Owen Wilson, Jack Black, uh, yeah, Rashida yeah, Jones is in yeah. it too. Oh, Rashida Jones, she pops up everywhere. Yeah, so. If anyone wants to watch a movie about bird watching, that's the one that I recommend personally. That sounds great. Well, uh, but, but yeah, that's my one thing. Congrats. Uh, that's 
That's really cool, actually. And I will say, as far as like building the list, I am very ahead of schedule. Like it is, it feels like like progress in a video game. It's like I gotta just do one more bird, you know. I just gotta look at the next one. Um, you gotta like min max this whole process. Yeah. You get through your list, and then right, I gotta, I gotta do your it. International travel, so you can make sure you see the birds you need exactly. to see before yeah. you leave. <laughs> like, oh, if if I go to this one country, I can see, you know, one hundred on the list, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, and there's some there's some really wacky birds out there. I feel like you know, I I look at a lot of bird content. And there's a lot of birds that I've not been exposed to that I'm like, why is no one posting pictures of this thing? It's incredible. But they might just be because it's hard to find. Mm, yeah. Um, Makes sense. Like, did you know there's like 380 something species of pigeons? And some of them are just bonkers, like bright, bright green and yellow and purple. And um, there's one that literally looks like it's covered in like the inside of a pumpkin like you know the weird like stringy pumpkin stuff (laughs) when you're carving a pumpkin like its feathers look like that like color and texture it is bonkers um and it's just called an orange dove and it only exists on the island of fiji Hmm. but it's incredible so it's been very very fun to just be like this is real like at least (laughs) at least once a day as i'm sitting there just clicking through because the the UI of the website is like built for this. Like um, every bird has a page, and up at the top, there's like a back and forward button to literally just scroll through every single species of bird on the planet. So it makes it really easy. So at least once a day, I I click that next button, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like this is real? <laughs> it's awesome. I am also, I feel like you guys will appreciate this. I am also making a list at the same time of the funniest bird names. Okay. Nice. I'm glad uh, you are. Because I was going to say that I don't really know too much about birding. Yeah. That's my favorite part is some of the names are just like, <laughs> I have no idea how they came up with like blue-footed booby, I think is a real one. <laughs> yes, it? that is a real one. Like, yes, it that's is. That's the one everyone I feel like knows when they think of weird bird <laughs> names is that one. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites I've discovered so far is the bare-faced go-away bird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a species of pigeon called a top-knot pigeon, like K-N-O-T, like like a hipster. To say they have like a the man bun or something. <laughs> it kind of does. It has like this kind of weird swoopy feather thing on its head that kind of looks like a man bun. Oh man, that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, and. Um... Uh, there's also one called the Harlequin Duck, which I really want to see. It looks very cool. Hmm. Yeah, so expect expect tons of great bird content from me as I scour through this list. I did write a song once about the uh, Jacobin pigeon. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with that one. Well, I've, I've reviewed it recently. I just oh, made yeah. it through all the pigeons. <laughs> and I think the main point of my song was... Uh, that it looked like Cruella de Vil. <laughs> yeah. See? It's that's the joy of it. Yeah. You well, get it. Congrats. And Thank you. saving the
the last but certainly not least, Curtis Lowe, what do you got for us today? I was just thinking about how you guys were talking about VR games last week. Oh, yeah. Now there should be like a Pokemon Snap equivalent on VR. And you made one? just make a bird watching. I, I did. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> How'd you know? No. Um, like bird watching seems like a great fit for that, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Someone did like a VR high, app. Yeah. High end bird watching VR. That I would buy VR for. Like, oh, wow. I, mean, have to, I like, would gamify it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, if it was just like different locations around the uh-huh. world, but then have like birds doing their natural thing, you can just kind of go around and look at them. Try to collect and them. Binoculars. All. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool. They should be a thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, for my one thing, I feel like there's been, I feel like I could talk about a lot, but okay. so I, I finally beat Metroid Dread. Ryan, that yeah. exciting. Um, I don't know if I have a lot to say about it right now. I kind of want to play it again. I don't know if I, <laughs> I'll get to it without spoiling it. What did you think of the the decision to uh, transform Samus at the very end? I guess you could say. I guess I spoiled it a little, but not really. A little bit. Um, <laughs> Not really. I don't know, because I felt like it was kind of interesting, and then yeah. it suddenly didn't matter. Again, trying not to spoil anything. You know? Yeah. I felt personally liked it. hollow to me. thought it was really interesting, and I was curious to see what was going to happen next, and then it just... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... And that's why I'm curious to see what what they'll do next because I feel like this is a, a uh, what's the word a successful enough uh, game that they're gonna do a sequel. You know, like they're gonna keep it going. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the exact sales numbers and stuff, but I see a lot of hype around it online and stuff, and people seem to really, really enjoy it. And I mean, it's a really, really good game. I want to play it again just for the joy of playing it because the gameplay felt so good. Like just running around as Samus felt so good. Like they've got that tuned perfectly, in my opinion. So I, and at least I hope they make another 2D Metroid soon. <clears throat> I hope it's not another like 12 year wait or whatever it was. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I'm curious what they'll do. I do you want to talk more about it? But. I don't want to spoil it. And also, it's not really my one thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a twist. Twist. Um, yeah, just because I feel like I don't want to spoil it. And also, my favorite thing about that game was just the gameplay itself. And I want to play it again. Just as, I kind of want to 100% it, but I also want to just see how quick I can get through it if mm-hmm. I play it again. What was um, your clear time? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. I think it was like, I think it was like at, Almost right at eight hours. Okay. I think it was like eight hours and three minutes or something. Uh, bummer. That's four like minutes really away from uh, unlocking one of like the gallery arts. Got one of them. Yeah. So there's one for. Assuming that it. was one just for clearing it. Yeah. So you get the clear one. You get the under eight hours one, and you get the under four hours one. Okay. And then you, get, you can definitely do under eight hours. Yeah, and you get one for 
hard mode as well for each of those clear times. Gotcha. And then you get more gallery images for beating 100% in each area. Okay. Yeah, a lot of those like puzzles, the speed boost puzzles, are like honestly really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen like some videos online of people doing them, and I was like, wow, I wouldn't have thought <laughs> to do it that way. I was trying to do one for a while, and I just kept like the speed boost. Speed boost just kept running out before I got to where I needed to jump with it. <laughs> I was like, how am I supposed to get over there? Like, there's no way. <laughs> I'm impressed by people who can pull those off. I will say there were a lot of them that when I finally did it. It felt so good. Like, I wish yeah. there was, they they kind of, like, ingrained that in you from the beginning, because it is really fun to, like, see, oh, I can wall jump from, like, one side to the other side with this still active. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I didn't realize that was possible until I saw videos of people doing it. Yeah, I had I to look up a lot I was going to have to, like, run to this wall and then, like, duck and, like, charge it or whatever you want to call it, you know, like store it, I guess. Yeah. And then hurry and jump up the like five ledges I needed to get up before I ran out. And then I could, could never do it in time. So I don't know. You could like wall jump and keep your momentum going like that. So I'll have to play around with it some more. It's a great game though. Um, but yeah, it's not my one thing. Um, my one thing <laughs> is another game called into the breach. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Has ever played that one? I have. I it's cool. plan to one day, but I'm excited to hear it. It is like the most perfect Switch game if you're looking for like a strategy <laughs> game. Just because you can play a mission in like, I don't know, five minutes maybe is all. Then like, you know, feel content and feel satisfied with that one little mission you just <laughs> did. It's also really easy to keep playing after that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I already cleared it once so the way it works is there's four islands you have to liberate from what's called the vec they're like insect kaiju monster things and you have three mechs and you just basically got to stop the monsters from taking down too many buildings or else the grid will collapse and you also just there's some other objectives you have to do as well or to do them but optional objectives and you basically have to last so many turns um, in order to secure the area and it's fun because it's like the monsters will like move and then say what they're going to do essentially so they'll move to a spot and target a building or one of your mechs or something and then it's your turn so you already know exactly what they're going to do after you do your turn so then you basically you can push them around so they hit each other or you can shove them into water like the non-flying ones most of them will just immediately die if they'll just drown um you can hit one and damage it and push it to another one which will damage that one you can do a bunch of cool stuff like that so it's really satisfying and they have actually quite a variety of different mechs that do different things um so i've only played with two teams of mechs so far so i've only used six of them total really so there's still a lot more to check out there um and then the way the game progresses is if you, there's four islands total, and then there's uh, like the end island where you go and like destroy the rest of the VEC for good. Um, and I think you only have to clear two islands before you have the option to try to end that run. So it's almost like a, in that sense, it's almost like a roguelite game. 
which was kind of interesting. Um, it didn't quite feel like a roguelike game. I don't know. The maps are all different every time, but I don't know. It still felt really good to play regardless. Um, and the benefit to doing more missions is you'll get more, I'm like, I think they call it reputation or something like that. Um, basically, you get more resources to upgrade your mechs and whatnot. So have more damage or you can move a little farther, that kind of stuff, which is helpful towards the end. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it and I cleared it once already. Um, I realized I have a pet peeve with strategy games like this. It's <clears throat> when you move your unit, it really bugs me when it locks you in and you can't undo that move sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I'll make an honest mistake and I'm meant to like move it a square over. Then you can't, and then you're just screwed. <laughs> and that might be because I think it might be just because the strategy game I really grew up on was Fire Emblem on the Game Boy. Um, and that one would let you move your unit, then it would give you the option to attack, and then you realize if something doesn't look right, you can hit the B button, and then it'll move it back to the original spot, which made it a little easier to plan ahead visually, you know, instead of having to do it all in your head. So I think that's... Well, I was, I don't know, I just kind of, I guess, grew up that way playing a game like that. So we're like, this one, I remember Final Fantasy Tactics did the same thing, where once you moved your unit, it just stayed there, and you couldn't undo that move. Yeah. This makes sense. I think that, but, isn't that standard in a lot of strategy games like that? Yeah, so I'm kind of wondering if it's more Fire Emblem was the exception. I think in the newest Fire Emblem as well. I don't know. It locks it at one point, but I do know that if you really screw up, you can. They have like a a time travel mode that you can like use once or twice per yeah. per game. They never had that in the Game Boy game. Yeah, I never felt like I was completely locked into a move in that game. Because oh, I remember trying to play Final Fantasy Tactics and being frustrated because I would to do something realize oh it actually doesn't work but then my character stuck there anyway and then i get like stabbed in the back and die <laughs> but at the same time you think about it like uh a jade my wife her mantra in board games is a tile laid it's a tile played and you, if you take your fingers off of it it stays there and you can't do it you can't move it again <laughs> so she would appreciate that so once you move your unit and you can't move it back, essentially. So, I mean, in that sense, it makes sense, I guess. But I think for you know. me, if someone plays a tile or something and they have genuine remorse in their face, I'm lenient. Yeah. But other than that, I agree with your wife. Now, whenever I play card or a tile or whatever in a board game, I legit, like, I'll put it down and then I'll leave one finger on it and then look around and make sure that's what I actually want to do. <laughs> you should so buy that's how I sneak around that rule. a large extended latex finger that you can have right, so I can lean at all times. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Let's say, yeah. Okay. It looks good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why I have that pet peeve. Maybe it's Fire Emblem's fault. I don't know, but the game's still really good. And once you get used to it, cause there's honestly like a lot of little things to remember sometimes. Um, so sometimes I just, you just forget 
the smoke thing mechanic smoke dust i guess or dust mechanic took me a little while to get used to the unit is in the tile that's all dusty or smoky they can't actually attack sometimes i would just straight up forget and i'm like okay i'm gonna push this thing over that way and then i'll move to the tile next to it and then it's in smoke and i forgot and then i can't do anything <laughs> and i'm just like wasting <laughs> a move which when you only have three mechs to work with sometimes that means like that's like life or death and if you accidentally screw up and you essentially lose a move with one of your mechs like that can really ruin your whole run sometimes so maybe that's why it feels so frustrating to me but Still a really good game, and it's really great on Switch that way because you can just pick it up, play a quick mission if you have time, and then put it down, move on. I'd recommend it. It's a good one. Awesome. Well, thank you all for participating in Mike Struckerberg's One Thing. And with that, we will move on to the topic of Theseus, which is... <laughs> The top 10 winter slash ice slash snow levels, possibly holiday levels. I don't know if that'll be the actual title that you saw when you clicked on this, but it'll have some sort of variation on that. Um, there are a lot of snow levels or winter themed levels. Can I just ask real quick what this has to do with thesis? Uh, if you take apart the topic and put it back together, is it still the topic there it is thanks <laughs> um curtis just flew away right then <laughs> um so i think it's pretty self-explanatory we have each picked uh -huh. three uh snow themed levels um and we'll go Draft style, so if someone takes something you were going to pick, you got to pick something else. Um, this top ten will not be in any specific order. Um, and the tenth pick has been picked by the audience. We had one million people write in with their thoughts, <laughs> and we only read two of them. And so we picked from those two people's uh, responses. Only two people texted Paul. That was what really happened. Oh, someone told me they emailed chancetimepodcast at gmail.com. Has anyone um, checked that recently? No. Is it the person that I know that did that or someone new? Someone told me that today. I don't think I told you about it. Okay. I did see that. I'm trying to find the list real quick. And... Do you want me to send it to you? Like gone thought i still had it open but now the app is closed for some reason i'll send it in the discord um did they write in with a winter level yeah but right. they didn't they just texted me and told me they wrote they wrote in so i don't actually know what he said oh, i'll pull that up too sorry i'm trying to get comfortable no, no, in I, my blanket here i got it i'm pulling it up right now Perfect. Um, ooh. Some, some good, good stuff. Uh, it does not change the audience uh, pick 
unfortunately, but okay. we we will read it when the time comes. We'll read the three okay. responses. Um. So. Those are good responses, though. Yeah. Options. They are. All right. So let's start. Let's do Curtis, Paul, and me. And we'll each Ooh, go I through get three. First pick? Yeah, we'll give you first pick, Curtis, since it's, it's been yours. so long. Welcome back. If you. I feel like I can't. Um, yeah, if you pick it, I have plenty of backups. You sure? So yeah. I want to pick it. Yeah, pick it. I just will have a lot to say on it, too. Okay. Because honestly, I maybe I shouldn't pick it first. This is probably my top winter level of all time. I say probably. I'm like 95% sure it is. Uh, it's the Freezy Peak on Banjo-Kazooie. I always pronounced it Freezy Easy Peak and then read it this time, and I was like, is it really Freeze Easy? Easy. <laughs> I don't know. I like freeze easy because it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah, freeze easy peak. Mostly because of the giant snowman. It's in a platforming game. And for whatever reason, that giant... There's a lot in the level that sticks out. It was the giant snowman that you climb. It was like a huge highlight for me. Um for whatever reason, I remember the Christmas tree with the lights in it, and you have to like help the lights from getting eaten by those weird monster things. <laughs> I believe they're called the Twinklies. I might be wrong Twinklies. on that. Twinklies. Probably correct. <laughs> and then, of course, the walrus. Yes. Oh, sorry. You turn into a walrus to race a polar bear in a sled race. Uh, it's so good. And the music, of course. There's not a lot of video game music, you know, that like sticks with me forever. That's not like, oh, everyone knows that one. But like, honestly, most of the Banjo Kazooie music, I can just hum. And that one can always hum, especially comes wintertime. I'll start just humming it for funsies. Such a good level. I agree. This is the best winter level of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It. It is so good. It's got so much you can do. I do love uh, racing. Boggy is his name. But first you have to uh, jump on top of him because he feels sick. And then... I forgot about that part. <laughs> and then he spits out a jigsaw piece. Then you race him on the sled. And then you race him as the walrus. I forget which comes first. I don't remember. Um... Thing it's been so long since I played that, and I still remember like most of the details of this level. It feels like yeah, and then the uh, the the big snowman is a staple of this level. Going up his scarf is a long trek, yeah. but it's really cool. So and then, satisfying to get to the top. Yeah, <laughs> um, flying and hitting the snowman's buttons is another oh, cool yeah. one to get jigsaw pieces. And then very famous to me is the famed ice key in this level. Something that they couldn't implement fully in the way they wanted to, but you could 100% this game, but there was still a part in this level that was covered by ice and you could see an ice key in the, a cove that you couldn't reach. And you 
could continue to not reach it. Like, and there was a tease at the end of the game if you got all of the collectibles that you would be able to get the ice key in the next game. Like, you would return to this world and get it. But they couldn't fa- they couldn't do it in the way they wanted to. And so what ended up happening is you, in the next game, you just found Banjo-Kazooie cartridges and broke them open and got the ice key. But I think they had... Is that the thing where they wanted to, like, what do they call it? Residual memory or something? Yeah. Where you take the one card out, the first one out, and then put the other, the second one in really fast? Yeah. And then you could, like, access that memory that the first one left somehow? Yeah. That was the plan. They called it stop and swap in the game. Yeah. Um, and there was a code where you could actually get the ice key, but it did nothing in the the game at first. But, and I think they, they since fixed that with the Xbox versions where now you can like go back and access it, but I might be wrong on that. But yeah, I, that's cool. I do think that this is also my favorite winter level. And if I was Basing this list on nostalgia alone, I might pick only rare games to put on this list because they really, it, during Super Nintendo and N64 era, they really went all out with their, their winter levels. Yeah. I just always liked it because it's not, oh, it's just snowy or it's not just wintry, but like they pull, like they lean into the whole polar bear theme, they lean into like, oh, okay, snowmen, you know, snowmen are. A normal thing, but then they even like add the Christmas tree, like they lean into the holiday theme of it too. And they don't, <laughs> it's just funny because I mean, who cares if you're playing this in July? It's still fun, yeah. <laughs> you still get like the Christmassy music stuck in your head, you know, it's good. And also, shout out to the little snowmen who throw snowballs at you. I always hated those guys, yeah. That when you heard that laugh, it scared me. I was uh-huh. like, gotta get out of here. <laughs> You could always hear the snowball. (laughs) Like it's such a specific sound, a specific laugh. It's great though. All right. I always remember like jacking up. I always felt bad for Kazooie because I always tried to do the flying attack thing. And when I was little, I'd always miss the snowman and just like crash into this ground in front of him or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then hurt myself. And then they throw a snowball on me while I'm trying to get up. It's rude. Snowmen are jerks. All right, Paul. What is your pick for the list? All right, my pick. Um, I should point out that this is the first winter level that I thought of, and it's also the first winter level that my wife thought of. And it, it left an impression on her, and it has been years since either of us have actually played this game. Um, but I was really surprised that she remembered it so well as well. The level is, uh, I don't know if it has like a real name. Um, I'm just calling it Mountain Peak from the game Journey. So right at like the climax of Journey, you have to go up this wintry snowy peak um and then i guess spoilers for journey (laughs) uh this game's like seven years old sorry hold on eight years old maybe i i'm gonna be this guy 
I own it. I plan on playing it one day. I do not know the twist. Or oh, okay. <laughs> I'm also in the exact same boat as Ryan. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't spoil it too much then. I was going to like uh, take my headphones off and let you talk. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm glad you guys care enough to not have it spoiled. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole game is just you see a mountain and it's like, okay, here you are. Get to the mountain, obviously. It doesn't like tell you that explicitly, but it's very clear that that's what you're trying to do. So you get to the mountain. And then you're going up the mountain and it's very wintry and there's very extreme winds. And this game has like optional random like match made co-op with just one other player. So if you're still with that player, you're both like walking in the wind, in the snow, in the blizzard, trying to get up to the top of the mountain. And I guess I won't spoil it. I'll just say you think it's over and then it's not over and then the game continues and it's very memorable. All right. I guess that's all I'll say. Hmm. That's awesome. There you go. Journey. Play that game. (laughs) All right. It is. You You can honestly play this entire game in like two hours or less. That's what I've heard, and that's why I'm yeah. still kicking myself a little bit. That's why I'm like, I can get through that one. I can do it. And I still haven't done it. Mostly because, okay, let me ask you a quick question. Uh-huh. Is the multiplayer, like, essential, would you say? Or if I No, not at offline, all. Does it matter? No, the multiplayer is not essential. But the multiplayer, it can be really, really cool, but it is not necessary at all. Because I don't have PlayStation Plus, and I'm like, I don't know if I really want to pay PlayStation Plus just for this game. Yeah, no. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Well, good pick. All right. So my top one is gone. Sorry. I, it's okay. I just got to reformulate because there, I have a sizable list and I had it in order if none of them were picked. But now that that one is picked. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'm going to go get my other rare pick out of the way. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Snow Barrel Blast. Come which on. is the first level of the snow world. Um, memorable because the the snow gets um it like fluctuates to how hard the snow is coming down which and it's a barrel level which i'm always a, a fan of the barrel levels in donkey kong but it's just really cool to see like i feel like that was the heaviest snow i had seen at the time in a video game where like the whole screen was covered in snow at certain parts and it was kind of like hard to see. I think that's the same level. I might be wrong. But uh, I did watch a playthrough of it. And it didn't pour as hard as I, I had remembered. I feel like that actually might be a different level. But I looked for, I... for the one with the snowstorm. And I couldn't find it. I feel it. like that's the one that starts where like there's those three vulture things that fly towards you. Yeah. Towards the beginning. I think it's that level. I well, think. I don't know. I'm still going to say Snow Both Barrel Blast. Good. Both good. <laughs> because it's a barrel level. But I do I do remember, like, in a lot of the snow levels that 
it is cool is that the one which one is the one with the barrels and the wind where like you have to take into consideration the wind i don't remember that one all right well snow barrel blast sorry if you're mad that i didn't pick the other one i don't think anyone's mad but i'm just trying to think if i've seen that like level of snow in a video game since then yeah I feel like they're probably, developers are probably paranoid that they make it too hard to see, which is fair, you know? Yeah. You don't want to obscure what you're trying to do, but at the same time, it was really cool. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Curtis, what's your next pick? Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with the Frozen Wilds in Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. Good pick. I didn't even think about that. Whoops. <laughs> well, I noticed someone, I think someone put Horizon Zero Dawn on the list. Wasn't me, it I has, guess. It <laughs> has lots of snowy areas, but specifically the DLC, the Frozen Wilds. It's just really cool because of the history. I don't know how much I should spoil but I don't know. Um, yeah, there's just a cool history to the location of that area and our, our current world, I guess you could say. And I don't know. I like a lot of the historical stuff. I really like Horizon Zero Dawn and Jungle just because you'd find old dilapidated structures from like our time, essentially. Um, like stadiums and stuff and i was like oh that's where i am and that was always a really cool feeling to and like oh, i'm just going through the mountains this is cool and then you get those old uh recordings of the what do they call them the old ones yeah what they call the civilization something like that yeah the old ones um and then it hits you that like oh i'm in colorado right now or whatever you know like and i always thought that was a really cool feeling um but i never really seemed to get past that you know um, a lot of time it's just like, oh, that's cool that I know where I am, basically. Um, but in the Frozen Wilds, it feels like the events in that particular location, specifically, like that couldn't have happened anywhere else in the world. It happened in the past, and what's happened, which is what's causing the current events in the game. I always thought that was really cool. I also really like the big, like polar bear looking robots that you fight <laughs> they were cool too oh and the uh what's the forget the like tribe or whatever the name of them that was up there i don't remember their name either that was another cool thing because you find their the the banuk yes um and you find their like figurines throughout the world's uh-huh base game and i was uh, and i thought it was cool when i finally found like the actual banuk and talked to them and fun fact if you beat the dlc before you beat the base game um at the end of the game a couple of some of the characters from the dlc will show up to help you in the end which was i thought was kind of a fun touch oh i did not know that that is cool that is cool i didn't think it was they, gonna... like fully integrated it yeah, i didn't think anything like that would happen um I guess small spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn, but people show up, people, friends you've made along the way show up to help you at the end, basically. 
and I had gotten sucked into the frozen wilds just because I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I just enjoyed going through the snow. It was, it's beautiful. I think the snow physics are done pretty well for that game as well. So I just like finished it and had a good time with it. And then I went and finished the base game and then those guys were there. I was like, oh, hey, it's them. I don't remember the names anymore, but they're cool. I like the chief guy from that area. He's, he's a cool guy. <laughs> Shout out to that guy, whatever his name was, Banuke War Chieftain. Shout out to Banuke War Chieftain. All right, Paul. For number five on the list, what do you got for us? Okay. Um, I'm having a pick. Uh, I feel like someone else might bring this up, but um, it hasn't been taken yet, so I'm going to take it. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Do we call that one New York City? Or do we just say Miles Morales? (laughs) Yeah, just the game. New York City in the winter. (laughs) Yeah, so... I... You know, this was a nice touch. So this game... uh, I feel like they had to make it pretty quickly uh, to coincide with the launch of the PS5. And I feel like they did a lot of smart stuff to make it feel less copy-paste than it could have felt. And one of those first smart decisions they made was making the map wintertime so that New York felt a little different, even though it's the same New York that you just played in the last game. Um, But then they use that in a lot of cool ways in the story. Like it's Christmas time in the story, um, which is kind of the catalyst for why all the characters that need to be gathered together are gathered together. It's because they're, you know, they're getting together for Christmas and it's you know a fun like reunion and that kind of triggers some things and then triggers some things that becomes kind of the plot of the whole game um and then they did a lot of like fun little things christmas and holiday theming new york for you like one of the fun parts in the base game was when you could find a hole and you could hit it right that you'd press both triggers and Peter Parker, Spider-Man would like uh, shoot out two webs on either side of the hole and slingshot through it and kind of corkscrew and it'd be a cool little cinematic moment in miles Morales. You can do that like through Christmas wreaths and it makes it more fun and funny. Uh, and then like in the opening sequence, uh, you're fighting Rhino and he runs through like a mall. And so there's like all kinds of Christmas trees and Christmas decorations that he's like tearing through. And, um, it made it seem more relatable if you don't really know the city of New York, um, which I do not. And I feel like, you know, everyone's heard of New York, but not everyone knows it as well as, spider-man media in general kind of assumes you do especially the original spider-man where it kept talking about like um spider-man game i mean uh where it kept talking about landmarks that are like i don't really know what this is but 
cool. So making it like Christmas theme makes it feel more like, you know, this could be any city. It doesn't have to necessarily be New York City specifically. So it made it a little more relatable overall. Um, so yeah, I feel like they use it in smart ways in the in the art direction and in the level design and in the story. Um, and it came out around the holidays, so it like felt, you know, I was playing it like you know during the holidays which was a nice touch smart overall i think that one is really fun i feel like i can't play that game unless it's december yeah (laughs) if i ever get around to buying it or whatever if it's july i feel like i can't play it until it's december you just you just won't get it It won't be the same i won't get the full experience they won't (laughs) let you they take the servers down (laughs) <laughs> I do want to shout out the uh, beginning sequence where Rhino chases you through the shopping mall. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. For the number six pick, I'm gonna pick one that I don't think a lot of people would agree with, but it's one of my personal favorites, and so it's going on the list. Canada from Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. A memorable snow level, a memorable game for me personally. Uh, one of the Tony Hawks that I played the most, I want to say. Um, but, yeah, snow-themed. Uh, one of the the objectives is to get chuck unstuck who has his tongue frozen to a pole okay yeah i'm starting to remember this yeah (laughs) you run into him and he gets unstuck you also have to uh bury a bully with snow um (laughs) i think to get to the secret tape i think there's a part where you have to like do a hand plant on a half pipe and the guy falls off he might be urinating i can't remember um, I'm pretty sure he's urinating. Yeah, yeah. that sounds really familiar to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, this was... I might be wrong. I think this was the second level. And it was either the second or third level. And this was one of the levels I had down. Where I could get like most of the objectives in one run. And... I just remember free skating around. It's fun that it's Canada, a real life place. There was another level in one of the future games. I don't think it was snow. It was either snow or forest where you could be Bigfoot and you like went around on a motorized skateboard. But (laughs) (laughs) it was one of the underground games, but I think it was forest. So can't pick that one. Doesn't count. But yeah. Uh, I have here on the uh, Tony Hawk wiki that it's set at Canada Olympic Park in Calgary, Alberta. And so some of the elements are based on the Millennium Skate Park. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, not much more to say, but I think it was a really good one. Is the level seriously just called Canada? Yes. (laughs) 
an entire country. And it is actually not as big as everyone thinks. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, it's just... the only skate park in Canada. So that's where they had to put it. Yeah. Let me look at the levels real quick and see. Because they do have Roswell and Los Angeles. Oh, no. Those are not. Uh... Oh, yeah. Those are in there. I think those were like the. the uh, throwback levels in the game. Yeah, cruise ship, Skater Islands, Suburbia, they have Rio, Paris. Canada is the only one that just uses the whole country. <laughs> they have Tokyo. <laughs> Instead of, like, yeah. what was it, Calgary? Yeah, like, Calgary actual, like, or Alberta. Pacific place in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all kind of looks just like this. We'll just... <laughs> We'll just say it's the whole it's country. Fine. It's just Canada. <laughs> well, it is on the list now. <laughs> All right, Curtis, your final pick for the list. Um, is the Zelda one our audience pick? Uh, can remember. It's a mystery, but yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't pick it then. Spoilers <laughs> for the end of the episode. But which um, Zelda one? There's a million. Well, it better be the one that I'm not going to pick for this moment, just so it can be that pick. But I'm trying to think now which one. I have a few more. Um, I'm going to go with kind of like an... I think this counts. Um, I'm going to choose a world in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is Juicy Jungle. All right. Um, I think it kind of counts because it's a game about like wintry enemies freezing everything essentially. <laughs> well, even though this kind of take more takes place in, as it says, a jungle, um, the boss fight at the end of this one is a polar bear, and he fights you because you ruin his popsicles, and. <laughs> reason why this one's kind of fun is as you progress through the levels you basically go through like get what the group is called but like the bad guys all these little penguins essentially making these popsicles for this polar bear so like the first few levels are like them gathering the fruit and then soon you'll see the fruit like getting smashed and down like beaten down or whatever and so it's juicing it essentially and then there's an episode where you're like platforming across the popsicles and then you finally get to the polar bear and you knock in the cutscene that Donkey Kong knocks the polar bear's like popsicle into the juice or something. I think that's what happens. And then he gets mad at you, so he fights you. And that's why he's mad at you, because you ruined his popsicle. <laughs> it's always like the like story that's being told in the levels themselves. Like without words or anything, you're just watching all these penguins make popsicles out of these juicy fruits in this jungle for this like grumpy polar bear at the end. <laughs> so that was funny. I, you know, now that you're saying that, I never put that together. I was just like, all right, fruit level. Uh, but that, even that is like cool that it's got like a story. To the boss, it's funny, yeah. That's why I really enjoyed it. It's not really a wintry theme, but there's popsicles and a polar bear involved, so I'm counting it. And it's from a game called Tropical Freeze. 
Yeah. All right. It's, it's on not the that. List. Then it's this. It's not that. It's the snowball rolling mini game in Mario Party. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that. It's great. All right, Paul. Number eight pick. All right. Um, are we gonna have like an honorable mention? Yeah, we we can do that. Okay. One. <laughs> yeah there, there's a couple i just want to shout out at the end um so my actual pick the opening of red dead redemption 2 all right which is like in a blizzard and there's just a lot that's really smart about it um so you're like in a blizzard and you're with your your group your crew and having the blizzard is a really good excuse to like start the game with this really narrow focus and like introduce people one at a time as they like make it to this little cabin you find to like safety. Um, And it also is a great way to like just show off the tech of that game really strong right off the bat because like the snow physics are super good and um it also acts as like a tutorial for hunting but it feels really urgent because people are cold and starving and you need to get food to them so you actually care about hunting it's not just like you know like I don't know. You don't just like ignore the tutorial. You feel like you really need to figure this out. And then you kind of you're up on a mountain and you kind of get the tutorial, you get the intro to the story and then you kind of come out of the mountain and you see like the rest of the world and then you like come down from the mountain and it's no longer like winter. Um like it's no longer, I guess, snow. Um, so it kind of like it's this nice like opening of the book where it starts narrow and then you get through this and you start to care about the characters and you understand the mechanics and you see how technically impressive this game is. And then it you know, takes you around a corner and you see like, holy crap, there's a whole world. <laughs> you know, this huge open world that is all as impressive as this. Um, so it's a really smart way to open the game. Maybe someday I'll finish that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, these picks have changed what I was going to originally say. Because I think what I was going to originally say might be better than what I'm going to put on the list. But I think I have to put this on the list because I was expecting it to be on the list, actually. Um, But it looks like so far we don't have any Mario representation, which we were texting about. There is a lot of snow Mario levels. Yes, there is a lot. And so I, I wouldn't feel right if there wasn't one on there. And uh, all of my picks are from... Oh, no, it's not from all the same era, I guess, but I'm going to go with Cool Cool Mountain from Super Mario 64. 
everybody remembers racing that penguin. Everybody remembers going up the little elevator up and down to get the red coin. Everyone remembers bringing the penguin, the baby. A lot of evil people threw the baby off of the the edge. Including myself. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just slip. <laughs> sometimes you get... Cold, your fingers feel kind of numb. Penguins, I mean, he's wiggling when you're holding him. You know, maybe it's more the penguin's fault more than anything. Yeah. Sometimes you return the penguin, get the star, and then throw the penguin off and before you grab the star. Just because you can. Um, the snowman... Rolling down, you have to roll his head down the hill. Another great moment. The bridge with the two snowman that you have to go under. A lot of good stuff. Better than the other snow level. Which I forget what it's called. Where you have to like, go up the big mountain. That one's a little frustrating for me. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. No yeah. one remembers that one, huh? Um... But yeah, we're going to go with Cool Cool Mountain of Super Mario 64 fame. So. Ooh, do you want a hot take real quick? I would love one. I think World 3 from New Super Mario Brothers Wii is better Winter Mario than Cool Cool Mountain. Whoa. I think that there's a lot of good arguments for that, honestly. The main argument is the penguin suit. Yeah, the penguin <laughs> suit is really penguin fun. Suit, those levels are super fun because you can just slide. I'm pretty sure you can throw, like, you basically have an ice flower. You can freeze enemies, but then you can also slide. I think you can slide, like, across the top of water, I feel like. That sounds right. It's been so long. And then also it makes you way better at swimming when you need to swim. Suddenly Mario turns into like, it makes you just want to like speed run those levels because it's, it's so much fun just to slide. Yeah. It's the only reason. It is fun. Honestly. Any, Other than that, then it's just slippery and annoying. But <laughs> Any game with like a good sliding mechanic. It's great. Sliding as well. Yeah. All right, before we get to our honorable mentions, I'm going to read this email that we got, and then we're going to read the two texts that Paul sent. <laughs> All right, so here is our email. Dear Chance, uh, Dear Chance Time Podcastos, in response to your recent solicitation for favorite Christmas time and slash or winter-based video gaming experiences... I humbly submit a few titles that both brought sincere enjoyment as well as a lasting impression. Tom Clancy's The Division. The Christmas theming in the game was so well done to me. What a great way to communicate a world that was suddenly put to a halt because of a great catastrophe. Having New York stuck in a perpetual state of holiday decor was a fun touch. I played a lot of The Division, but ironically could not bring myself to enjoy The Division 2 at all. And the environments from the shopping malls to the neighborhood streets all decked out for Christmas were really cool. Batman Arkham Origins. I honestly don't remember a ton from playing this game, but the whole story takes place on Christmas Eve, so the open world design is great. But my favorite Christmas-related moment from the game is simply the title screen. 
Before you ever press start to play, there's the typical moody orchestra music you'd expect from an Ar Arkham game, but then a variation on Carol of the Bells is layered in it, or is layered in, and it sounds so great. Even after playing that whole game, that melody on the title screen is what I, title screen is what I remember most vividly. The Last of Us. While not Christmas-themed, the winter segment of The Last of Us is definitely memorable, particularly because previous to this moment, Joel has been severely injured, and unexpectedly, we are now playing as Ellie. From tracking the deer, to navigating the ski resort with David, to the bloater boss fight, and finally returning to Joel to find Ellie, there are so many great things happening through these snowy levels. So there you go. That's what I've got. Thanks for a great show. Happy holidays. Max Zwickerberg, founder and co-owner of video games. Or you can just say, this is John Bills. Max Zwickerberg. Zwickerberg is great. That's good. Thank you, John or Max Zwickerberg. Wait, what was the title he gave Max Zwickerberg? Founder and co-owner of video games. Founder, <laughs> uh, he owns like half of all games. That's great. That is your brother, correct? Any game that you're yeah. playing, okay. That is my brother. It's its own. Um. All right. What is your uh, your sister-in-law's name, Paul? Terry, and she is married to Max Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, her votes were Who Cool Mountain from Super Mario 64. And her second favorite was Snow Peak from Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And that brings us to what Sam Driggs said, as we know, the famous Sam Driggs. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> he said, I'm going to read the whole thing. Also, I don't know when you recorded the podcast, but some winter slash snow levels I really like are Fendrana Drifts from Metroid Prime and Snow Peak Ruins from Twilight Princess. And for similar reasons, both of them are kind of scary and made me feel nervous while exploring. I thought the cold weather and muted colors, mostly white and black, created a really tense feeling. So, I think with that... Since two people mentioned Snow Peak from Twilight Princess, <clears throat> Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, I would say that is the number 10 on the list. Do you guys agree? Yes. Uh, I would have said it regardless. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, Curtis, have you played this level? I actually have not finished all of Twilight Princess, so I don't remember this level. It's been a long time since I played it. Um, I think the last time I played this was probably in high school. Um, but I actually played through Twilight Princess twice, once on the GameCube, and then when we got, when we got, I got my Wii, um, it came packaged with Twilight Princess, and for whatever reason, I played through the whole game again. Um, <laughs> isn't it, I don't remember, like, the build-up to the dungeon, like, at all. Um, I just remember it's a snowy mountain. What I really remember is the dungeon itself, because it's not, like, most... Dungeons and Zeldas are like temples or ruins, those kinds of things, you know. 
as this one was an actual mansion that like this Yeti family was living in. <laughs> and that, that was always weird to me because it was like the only like one of the few Zelda dungeons that felt really unique to me, you know? Okay. Like uh, just a temple or whatever. Like these people like lived here and I remember you had to like get a key from her, I think, and stuff. And she's like, I need this soup or something. Like there's soup involved that she was <laughs> making. And you're like, I feel like you had to like find ingredients for her soup or something. I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah. And it does have a kind of a creepy end to that dungeon too. I don't know if I should spoil it or whatever, but... It does sound creepy. I'm not going to spoil it because I don't exactly remember how it happens. It's weird because there's like, there's this Yeti wife just hanging out, making soup, asking you to like run errands for her, essentially, was what I remember. And then you run out to go do stuff. And then there's like ice monsters and junk like in her house. Like, are you, are you worried about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the one room seems fine in your mansion, but everywhere else has monsters and like it's frozen and this wall's just missing in your mansion. Like, so it, you know, it makes, gives the impression that they like moved into this mansion that was abandoned or something. But it was, yeah, I liked it just because of how unique it felt. That's cool. All right, real quick, Curtis. Also, give us also, some. Sorry. Oh, no, go for it. One more thing about that dungeon is I'm pretty sure that's the dungeon where you get the ball and chain. And that was always just funny to me because just like pulls this giant metal ball out of his pants attached to a chain. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw it at ice and stuff to break ice. And then when you're done, he just stuffs it into his pocket somehow and it just disappears. And it's just one of those video game things that makes no sense whatsoever. And he's just running around with this giant ball and chain in his pants. Um, okay, so Curtis, just list off some uh, honorable mentions you want to shout out. Are you there, Curtis? Yeah, sorry, I didn't okay. realize I muted myself. <clears throat> I put this one on here because I felt like I had to because I'm the only one who plays this game. Um, Howling Abyss is one of two maps on League of Legends. All right. <laughs> Um, that's the map you play when you play RAM, which stands for all random, all mid. Um, there's one lane, everyone gets random champions, and you go mid, and that's it. Um, so this is this map has a, a unique summoner spell that you can use, which is a snowball. So if you throw a snowball and hit someone with it, you mark them, and then you can reuse that ability, and it'll dash you to that person you just hit with a snowball. I think they added in as like a joke for a specific game mode that they added to this map and then it actually worked pretty well because the map can be frustrating if you're a melee champion and you can't ever get in range with it to anyone so you can throw a snowball at their face instead it's got good range anyway that's not important um, <laughs> when bobsledding mini game in Mario Party that's a good always one. fun one versus three um, that one be, is that the one that you're thinking of? Oh, it might be, it is. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, it's there's been a long time. the one I'm thinking of is is the penguin one actually, where one guy's a giant penguin and the other is like doing the penguin relay race. 
<laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> That's a good one too. Um, a lot of penguins in Mar winter Mario levels, <laughs> which I didn't really realize until we were doing this list. Penguins are everywhere, man. Um, the penguin mini game where you heard of them, I think that's in Super Mario Party Fair. recently. And there's just a bunch of tiny little penguins, and you got to work together to herd them, basically. <laughs> um, I already mentioned the snowball one where you roll snowballs in the, on top of a mountain and roll them at each other. That one's just funny because it always ends in a tie, it feels like. That uh, is the best one to me, honestly. It's it's so funny for some reason, yeah. even though it's frustrating because <laughs> everyone just throws snowballs. And they don't like – everyone's so slow because it snows deep, and then the snowballs don't roll very fast. So it's like tense and slow at the same time, which I think is hilarious. Um, I'm almost done. Celeste. Basically oh, yeah. All of Celeste. Mm -hmm. Um, that is a really good pick. One I wish that was on the felt list. Felt like, yeah, well, it kind of felt like cheating just because basically the whole game is the winter level because you're climbing a mountain and it's all snowy most of the time. One of them's got to be better than the other one. But I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> guess probably the last level of that game is probably highlight, right? Yeah. You finally reach the peak. I don't remember what that sections actually named it's probably yeah maybe that should be on the actual list i don't know it's too late now yeah probably <laughs> late um going back to donkey kong tropical freeze donkey kong island which is the last island you visit in that game um which is donkey kong's home island obviously and it's been completely frozen over so there's ice and snow everywhere so it feels familiar but foreign at the same time which is fun my last one is Chill Wind Wastes from Golf Story. That one's fun because you golf in the snow. And the fun mechanic there is that a lot of the fairways, like sections of the fairways, will be just completely iced over. So if you hit your ball on them, they'll bounce and your drive will get like way more distance. Hmm. It's fun to play off the snowy elements of the course. Awesome. Paul? Do you got honorable mentions? Well, you do. You mentioned it. Yeah, so one of them was going to be The Division. But okay. John, John said everything I was going to say about The Division. Perfect. But the other one, I feel the need to shout out, which someone added to the list. I don't think I did, but I want to shout out Hockey and Rocket League, <laughs> which is so incredibly frustrating, but so funny. And I'm very glad they added it. Uh, Really, a very different feel to the game than than the soccer. Who, um, who added ski free to the list? Oh, I did. <laughs> that was another worthy addition. We, for those yeah. of you who are wondering, we wrote a huge list of winter levels in a Google Doc, and we're kind of working off that. But yeah, ski free was a funny one to me. Free is is an honorable mention for me as well. I mean, everyone, everyone who's like what older than twenty five right now, maybe <laughs> has probably had some brush with ski free at some point in their lives. But hold on, what is ski free? It was on all the school computers. And <laughs> yeah, you're like it was skiing like... down a hill, and you're like avoiding Bigfoots and trees. 
it was it was like okay. a default Windows game. I'm pretty sure. That's why I said Wasn't I think that, like everyone has had some brush with so it. Familiar. Yeah. I don't like. It sounds familiar at the same, but at the same time, I don't remember it. I bet there's like a Weird. free online version somewhere. No, if, maybe if I like played it again or saw like video footage, maybe I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it, though. Those are all the ones I wanted to call out, I think. All right. Um, I want to shout out the northwest side of the map in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, good call. I thought about seeing that one. Yeah, that was actually my pick. But because there was no Mario, I was like, got to put Mario on there. Um. But specifically, want to call out the shield surfing in the snow, or shield sledding, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Another one that's kind of cheating: Click Clock Woods and Banjo Kazooie. Where <clears throat> this, I just want to explain it real quick. There are four doors in the main hub of the level. The first one is spring. The next one's summer. The next one's fall. The next one's winter. And you watch the world and characters progress with each door you go in. So the spring level is like full of life. Lots of stuff going on. The music's happy. And then when you get to winter, everything is dead and snowed over. And like you could find the characters hiding in their house. Really cool idea. Very memorable level. Like the squirrel on that level. Yeah. Doesn't he like progressively <laughs> build his like tree house and then yeah, in winter yeah. he's like hibernating? Yeah. Um, Frosty Village and Diddy Kong Racing. The music in Diddy Kong Racing is some of the best in video games, and the winter music in Diddy Kong Racing especially, but Frosty Village was a track you drove around and had a bunch of, like, houses, and really cool. Um, Forza Horizon 4 I wanted to shout out. There's a part where you drive up a huge snowy mountain and then you race a train in the snow. Really cool race. Um, and then lastly, I would just wanted to shout out Mario Kart. I think my favorite snow level is in the most recent one, Mount Wario. The ski-themed level where you start at the top and just drive all the way down this huge mountain you pass. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah a good I love one. that track. Really so you have one of the best mountain levels they've done instead of getting in like your cannon and getting shot back up to the top to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Like the feeling of progressing all the way down. Yeah. And you jump out of a freaking plane at the beginning to start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. All right, the official list. Freeze Easy Peak from Banjo-Kazooie. Mountain Peak Journey. Or sorry, freeze easy peak. Sorry, Curtis. Uh, Snow Barrel Blast, Donkey Kong Country, Frozen Wilds from Horizon Zero Dawn, New York City from Spider-Man Miles Morales, Canada from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three, Juicy Jungle from Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, the opening of Red Dead Redemption Two, Cool Cool Mountain from Super Mario Sixty Four. And Snow Peak from Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Those are our top 10 winter slash ice slash holiday levels. Great list. Great levels. 
We did it. All yeah. right. Oh, go ahead. Turned out to be a really turned out to be a really solid list, actually. Yeah. Like it felt like we were doing it kind of randomly, but it's a pretty pretty top tier list, actually. Yeah. Okay, so we have we are one minute or one hour and thirty six minutes into the podcast. Paul, I know you have this game that you said will not be relevant if we don't do it today. Do we yes, also want to do quick predictions for Game Awards, which is happening tomorrow, which by the time people have listened to this might have already happened? One, yeah. One just sentence like, predictions. Yeah, just one thing that you think will be announced. So we already predicted what will win, but what do you think will be announced? Um, Take I have one that I'm ready to do if you want me to go first. Go for it, Paul. Uh, I think... Xbox is going to come come big to the Game Awards. So my official prediction is we will get gameplay of Redfall, which is their like vampire co-op game that they announced a while ago. We're going to see gameplay of that. We're going to see gameplay of Stalker 2, uh, which is the Chernobyl game that is an Xbox exclusive. And then I think we'll get a trailer for at least one new Xbox exclusive. And so generally, I think people will be like, whoa, Xbox really came hard to the Game Awards. And they're looking so good. That's my prediction. All right. I think it's pretty solid. Um, Curtis, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? Go next. Okay. Two. I got an easy one. It doesn't happen. I'm just going to be disappointed because I feel like I should. Um, <laughs> Breath of the the sequel to the Breath of the Wild um, <laughs> is going to get another trailer, and it's going to include the official name. I feel like it needs to nice. be there. Yes, it will have so a name. Finally, now. name reveal. Realsies. Um, other one is Metroid Prime 4. Again. Like they've had time to. Sorry, you, you cut know. out when you said that. Metroid Prime Four. What? Oh, what? Shows up. It's okay. There. <laughs> oh, it exists. Okay. It exists. It's gonna show up again. People are gonna get hyped about it because everyone's still riding that Metroid Dread high, and then Nintendo's gonna be like, "Remember Metroid Prime 4? And then it's, there's gonna be a teaser. It's not gonna be a trailer, but it's gonna be more than a logo. It'll be a quick teaser. So it'll probably say like coming 2023 or something because it still needs to be a ways out, probably. I also think that, but I think they're going to do it instead of Breath of the Wild stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think they'll do both. I think that would be too much. That's fair. That's fair. But with that, are we both wrong and they're just going to do a Metroid Prime trilogy finally and everyone's going to be like, ugh, fine. Well, here's my my bold, even bolder prediction, Curtis. Oh, it's a cat. Sorry. You're good. I think they're going to turn the light off because my laptop's dying and we only have a shop light down here. <laughs> and my cat just brushed up against my leg and it's very dark. And it scared me a little. Sorry. <clears throat> You're good. Um, here's what I think is going to happen. We're going to see a brief teaser for Metroid Prime 4 and then they're not going to announce the trilogy, but they're going to announce just a remake of Metroid Prime. 
and it's I've not seen like, rumors I, that that's gonna happen. I've seen them too, and I think I believe that more than the uh, the trilogy. But I don't think it's gonna be a good remake. I think it's gonna be one of the like, it's HD now, right? Like a they already did that though. Did they? Metroid Prime Trilogy on Wii U, I'm pretty sure is all HD. I think. I feel like it got upresed. Maybe it didn't. Okay. I for some reason I, I thought the Wii didn't quite get to the the 1080p. Maybe it didn't. Um, I'm completely wrong, and I might be just making that up. Well, and that doesn't stop them from just putting that on the Switch either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my other prediction for you personally, Curtis. This is gonna be it. We're gonna get news about Silk Song. Mm. Oh, I don't want to predict that because then I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> it, it might be a vague release date. It won't be a for sure release date, but I think it's going to I think it's going to be mentioned. Going to be it's going to be there. Yeah. It might not be, but I'm going to say it is. All right, I'm going to turn the time over to Paul Bills for his game that he had prepared many, many episodes ago. Sorry, just real quick. It does sound like the Metroid Prime Trilogy on Wii U is just running the Wii version, so it's not going to be in HD, it sounds like. Oh, okay. Or isn't in HD, not going to be. It's already there. (laughs) Good, Good info. Okay. Uh, This should be a pretty quick game. Because there's only one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I only have seven total questions. Okay. So this can be pretty quick. Do you have a title for this game? I do. I call this game action, adventure, or neither. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that we always laugh about with the Game Awards is what is the difference between an action game and an action adventure game? (laughs) And how do you decide which one it is? So this is the game. I'm going to read you uh, a game that has been nominated for a game award at some point in the game awards history. And you have to tell me, was it nominated for action, action adventure, or neither? All right. And then, so that will give you one point if you tell me, correctly is it action action adventure or neither but you can go triple or nothing you can get three (laughs) points if you tell me is it action adventure or neither and if it won that category or did not win that category so if you tell me correctly which category it was in and correctly if it won or didn't win that's three points but if you, you can also just tell me the category and get one point are we alternating first guesses? Yes. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. So so for the first question uh I I guess <clears throat> so the first question we could like do a coin flip or it could be like whoever shouts out the answer first and then we'll alternate. Okay. But maybe I, we just coin flip. Have a coin. I yeah, I do have a coin. Okay. All right. Well, I can just wait. I'm now curious. I call heads. 
No, I Google is flipping a coin for me. All right, me. all right. I won't use my Maryland go. state quarter that I just pulled out. So it just feels unfair to have a participant of the game flip the coin. That's true. I would have so. cheated and lied. <laughs> Curtis, you said heads? Yeah. Okay, Curtis's heads. I got him tails. I got heads. All right. So, Curtis, nice. I guess you get to decide. Do you want to go first or do you want Ryan to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Good choice. All right. This game is from the year 2020. You need to tell me, is it action, adventure, or there? The title is Neo 2. Gosh. <laughs> was action adventure. I did not win the category. Is that I'll your final answer? I'm going triple or nothing right off the bat? <laughs> I always go triple or nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, action adventure, final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Neo was action. And. <laughs> so dumb. It, and, <laughs> and it did not win. All right. The next, the next game is also from 2020. <laughs> I guess this goes to Ryan. All right, I'm ready. Half-Life Alex. Action, adventure, or neither? All right. I'm going to say action, adventure. And you going to go for the triple or nothing? Oh, I have to go for triple or nothing now? No, I'm just... <laughs> I thought if well, I, yeah. I got it. To. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think, well, I guess we could do it that way. No, no, no. no. Uh, you have to do it now. All right. I think you have to commit to it from the very beginning. That was my thought. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll play by the rules. <laughs> I'm going to say it didn't win. I'm going triple or nothing. <laughs> so you said action adventure didn't win. Yeah. You are incorrect. <laughs> Half-Life Alex was also an action game. Man. What? <laughs> I Wait, isn't got... there a VR category? There is. <laughs> but I also got nominated and actually. nominated for two. That makes sense. Yeah. For some reason, I thought, maybe I'm mixing them up. But I, I had set definitions in my mind from what I remember reading about these, but I can't quite right. remember. <laughs> All right. I'll uh, take the loss. And so both of those games were from 2020. And just in case you were curious, because I would be... What actually won the action category was Hades. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So now we move to the year 2019. And we move back to Curtis. Your game, Curtis, an action adventure or neither, from the year 2019, Borderlands 3. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It has to be action adventure. It has to be. <laughs> and it did not win the category. Is that your final answer? I Before you tell us, <laughs> I just want to say I think it's neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably RPG. <laughs> I'm sticking with my answer, though. So, action adventure, and it did not win. 
That's three points for Curtis. Wow. Man, now I have to go triple or nothing for all of them. <laughs> all right. Back to you, Ryan. Okay. Also from the year 2019. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Action, adventure, or neither. All right. I remember this one game of the year, I think. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to say... I mean, it, that doesn't matter in this case. I know, but because of that, I'm going to say it didn't win. Oh, but it probably did. All right. Um, that's got to be in some. So I don't think it's neither, but it might be. I, this is hard. All right. I'm just going to say action. And... Okay. I am going to say that it did not win. Final answer. That's my final answer. Lock it in. <laughs> Incorrect. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice was action adventure and it did win. All right. <laughs> Neo 2, just action, but this yes. one's action adventure. Like, yes, exactly. They're so similar <laughs> games. Both samurai things, too. Like, what? <laughs> Do you when when we're done with this? Do you have the definitions the game awards gives for these two? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so I, I can read those so, when we're done. Yeah, has it changed <laughs> or has it always category. been the same? Uh, it has changed. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into all that right, at the right. end. It actually changed pretty significantly. Um. Okay, now we're back to the year twenty eighteen. So, you know, think way back to before you had ever even heard of COVID-19. All right. I the, do the, remember the blissful the, years. The nominees in this. What? I remember this one. Okay. Well, and it's it's to Curtis. Yes. 2018. Yeah, yeah. Your game, action adventure or neither, Far Cry 5. It's so frustrating because all of these sound like they should be action adventure. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's see. Far Cry 5. Oof, what if it's neither? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's neither. Okay. Final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. No, it's Far Cry Five adventure. was action. What? That makes no <laughs> sense. There's like story and stuff. So Far Cry uh, Five was action, anyway. and it it didn't win. Dead Cells was best action game in 2018. No, well, that's it because it's an action game. <laughs> that would help it win the category. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no uh, sense. <laughs> All right. To you, Ryan. I'm We're ready. sitting at. So there are only two questions left, and Ryan is zero and Curtis is three. All right. I got you. We've only gotten one right. <laughs> I have to go triple or nothing. That's for sure. Um, but, and I will. There's no. Right. Yeah. The year is 2017, and the game. Is Super Mario Odyssey? 
action adventure or neither. I'm going to say neither. Final answer? Yeah. Do I have to say if it won whatever category it won or it was in? You can. You can. Okay, it did not win whatever category it was in. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe it did. Because I know, I feel like it was in Best Family Game. And so if it was in Best Family Game, I am going to say it did win. Uh, my final You're answer. Saying, not it's final not, answer is is neither and didn't win. No, it did win. Oh, neither and did win. Whatever category it was in. Uh okay. but not game of the year if it was for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Incorrect. All right. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey go. was in the action adventure category in okay. 2017. Hang, that was and, my first instinct. And, I and it, it didn't win. It lost to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild win Game of the Year that year? Yeah, it did, didn't it? Uh, yes, it did. Yeah, it won okay. the category and the overall. And okay. Um, I just want to say that they got to figure this out. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. All right, we're on the last one. Okay. And it, it technically should go back to Curtis, but I wonder if we should give it to Ryan so he has a chance to tie. Dude. And because Curtis went first, so he technically got an extra one. All right, I'll Fine with that. I'll yeah, allow okay, it. let's give it back. To, let's give it back to Ryan. It feels unfair to me, but I'll take it. Well, there's one extra one. I didn't really think through this because I was thinking there has to be an odd number. But that actually just whoever goes first gets an advantage. Okay. I should have had an even number. So we'll we'll give this one back to Ryan. All right, I'm ready. The year is 2016. Okay. If you can think back that far. I cannot. Your game, Ryan, for a potential tie, you have to go triple or nothing. I do. Dark Souls 3. Action, adventure, or neither. Okay. Action, it did win. Final answer. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was the only neither in the entire game. I that was my first instinct as well. Just like RPG, then <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls Three is an RPG, even though Sekiro is an action adventure game and Neo Two is an action game. Yeah, that uh, makes more sense because like, Sekiro didn't have as much like build your own character as much. Right. That part makes sense to me. The Neo thing and the Sekiro <laughs> thing don't make as much sense to me. <laughs> So Dark Souls 3 was role-playing. It did not win. It lost to Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. The DLC won Best oh. RPG. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, final score, Ryan 0, Curtis 3. Woo! Actually, one this, right. this turned out way harder than I thought. <laughs> even. 
It really psyched me out. Uh, okay, so the official definitions as they stand today. Action game. Best action game. For the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. Yes. Best action adventure. For the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. That makes sense. Yeah. So does Neo 2 have no traversal and puzzle solving? Does Far Cry 5 have no traversal or puzzle solving? I would say that maybe has a ton of traversal. <laughs> Neo 2 and Far Cry 5 are not as good at that. Mm, they're focused more on the action. And so they're not in the category because there were better games that fit that. But I would right. say the classic definition of adventure is tied to narrative more. Right. But like exploration. Yeah, exploration. Stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. And so it's really hard to like define these. I don't think they should they should have action adventure and call it best combat or something like that instead for action. Okay, so here's the twist. While I was putting this game together, my first thought was um I'm gonna go back. I'm going to have one game from every year of the Game Awards, Uh which started in 2014. But I had to eliminate 2014 and 2015 because in those years, um, they did not have a best action category. It was best action adventure and best shooter. Mm. Okay. Has shooter been rolled into action now? Yeah, so... in 2016 there was no best best shooter and suddenly there was best action got it and so that leads that leads to even weirder stuff um that i just i just thought would be would be too mean i mean this game was already pretty mean but like in 2014 i think it was uh bayonetta 2 was nominated for best action adventure even though today it would solidly solidly be in the action camp according to today's definition okay so i thought games from 2015 and 2014 would be too mean um so i eliminated that (laughs) but i guess that also gives you a hint at what they're thinking of when they say action and pretty consistently the action category is full of shooters and then like really frenetic melee games like hades and like devil may cry like those kinds of Dude's games. Got chivalry too. What did you say? This year has chivalry too. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is, I guess. Returnal. Returnal's a shooter, I guess too. Oh yeah, Returnal's yeah. solidly a so shooter. The yeah. other four are all shooters. There's Far Cry though. Yeah. Cry Six is back in the action <laughs> category instead of action adventure. Yeah, I guess because it's a first-person shooter, it becomes. Yeah, I don't know. But it's an open world with all the traversal. There's right. vehicles. There's, yeah, That's vehicles are a huge part of Far Cry. Yeah. yeah. I really think that they they need a large team to figure out the right categories to put. <laughs> like the, well, that is the the hardest part for me to get behind for the game awards is I always disagree with how they categorize the games. Right. Well, 
Yeah, so I think the Game Awards decides the categories, but then it's the outlets that nominate games to the categories. Mm. So it's kind of like, which side do you blame? Yeah. But I mean, the Game Awards create, like, they decide that the, the genres are, because like the major genre ones are action, action adventure, and then like fighting, sports racing, strategy sim, and RPG. Those are like the major genre awards. And yeah, I don't know. Like you could debate those a lot before you even nominate any game. Why can't you just say best adventure? Well, because adventure games are like a very specific genre of like, you know, the old LucasArts like. Um, yeah, but that was so long ago. I would call uh, those point and click games now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have a whole new name for that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess they are scared to take on the adventure game community who would be up in arms, probably. Well, it's their award show. They could do whatever they want. Right. Maybe, yeah, maybe over time they'll get bold. <laughs> but now, could right. You make a point and click category and then you could put first person shooters in it that's <laughs> technically correct click heads <laughs> point that's click. my my vote i think i said this a couple weeks ago but what i think they should do is just have a category for every single genre like they do at the oscars and if they didn't make enough of those games this year the one that got in there won and if no one made any of those games, then just don't say that category. And then I think it would Honestly, ins- it could work though. Yeah, I think it would inspire more people to make games of a genre if it's not being made that year. And maybe it would inspire some more like competition or and make better games. I don't know. And you could easily ground round up a bunch of Metroidvanias, for example. Yeah. Like there's a ton of those nowadays. You could come up with just a shooter category. You could do action with stuff like Hades or whatever. I yeah. don't know. If they invent a new genre, just add it in. The other thing is, if they change the category name from best action game to just best action, <laughs> which I think they it did would this suddenly year. feel different. No, it says best action game. Yeah, it's it's the reverse. Most of them just say like best action adventure, best role playing. But for some reason, it still says best action game. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, Also, shout out to Halo Infinite, which yesterday was crowned the player's voice winner on the day it was released. nice yeah so that one's 100% fan voted but it's hilarious to me that it won literally on the day it released <laughs> so like it's hilarious. it had to go through three rounds of voting so people were voting for it before they'd even played it like this is basically best like most anticipated <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought for sure punk get nominated for anything yeah, you guys probably I, talked about this already. We did talk about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but yeah, it's really surprising. Just, I guess they're like, it's "Well, annoying. it worked on my computer." <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, we have 
an email that we'll probably have to get to next week. So, Slick Mr. Fat, I'm sorry. But we'll get to it next week. Um, But yeah. Uh, Next week's episode is the Game Awards big announcements. So we'll just be reviewing the Game Awards, which is happening tomorrow, December 10th, which is actually technically today. No, December December 9th. 9th. Yes. Yeah. Which is technically today already. Um, So yeah, that'll be next week's episode. So, And just as a tease for that, Jeff Keighley did an interview in USA Today where he said there are four or five reveals on the level of Elden Ring. So, and he normally is very shy about like making promises like that. So this is very unusual for him. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So get excited. I just say one more thing about the game awards, another category that I think it's really silly. Please. Yes. It's the most anticipated game. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's dumb. That should be called best marketing. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. That's all this category is, is marketing. (laughs) And actually, I think that's a valid category. Like a lot of work goes into that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it was best marketing, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. But if it's just most anticipated game, what are people excited about? Like, it's it's a weird category to like award in a game, a game that hasn't come out. Like what? It's just a way to capitalize on hype, but also feed the hype because that game can now say it won an award, mm, you know, yeah. in its marketing. We, before it even came out, we already got yeah. one. <laughs> that that seems worse to me, though, because what if it doesn't deliver? Right. Yeah. Like, we won most anticipated game, but it sucks now. Do you think <laughs> Cyberpunk 77 won most anticipated game before it came out? <laughs> it probably did. I feel like there's a chance it did. There's a very good chance it did. (laughs) There's so many esports ones. Also, also, as creator, are any of the are these all streamers or any of them YouTubers at all? That is a question I do not know the answer to personally. Uh, Greg Miller won it for amount of YouTubers, you know. Like, yeah, I don't recognize any of these people. I was gonna say Greg Miller won it one year, and he's mostly a podcaster. Um, huh. Valkyrie won it last year, and I think she's got a deal with YouTube. I don't think she's on Twitch, but she streams on YouTube. Streaming things still, yeah, yeah. I feel like Scott the Waz or something needs to be here. I don't know. Yeah. I'll stop complaining. <laughs> it's a good wreck. Girlfriend right. reviews? Like that would be thing. awesome. Like came out, sprung out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. I would love to vote for them in a category. Please put them on there. You heard it here first. Scott the Waz, girlfriend reviews. You deserve to be at this award show. <laughs> also, the Raz Booten, but... He's a little more niche, maybe. Yeah, I actually don't know who that one is. I recognize the first two, but... We'll look up the Rasputin video vibe check. 
I will. be my like all time favorite YouTube game video. What? <laughs> and on that note, thank you for coming to see <laughs> James. <laughs> also, Email us the chance yeah, podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Do that if you've got some uh, thoughts on the game awards or if you yes. have other questions. And if you want to be excited with me about Silk Song. Just kidding. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. If you want to be sad about Silk Song with me, email <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. I'm ending this now for real. Okay, do it. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>